0: Welcome back MTN Nets podcast. I was not expecting to make a video tonight, but after a win like that, I feel like you have to. The Nets have a comeback win versus the Miami Heat. They were down 10, 12, 14, 15, got the 16 at one point, like the entire night. And late third quarter, they made a comeback. They cut it to five and then Cam Thomas had the stupid self-pass turnover. Miami extends it to eight to start the fourth quarter. But the Nets outscore Miami 34-22 to in the fourth quarter. The Nets have a lot of guys out right now, whether that's Claxton or Cam Johnson or Spencer Dinwiddie. And the Heat, as far as I know, were at full strength. So a very impressive win to come back with some guys who uh, made their season debut. Armani Brooks made his season debut. Um, Trenton Watford made his season debut. Guys who played, you know, pivotal roles in this game. So a lot to touch on here. Nets get to 2-2. Let's get into it. I forgot to say it, but leave a like. That always helps out the videos. But anyway, so this it kind of got scary in the fourth quarter. I mean... There was that self-pass by um, by Lonnie Walker that was not called. Now, it did look like from the replay that Jimmy Butler may have hit it, but I don't think he did. And Lonnie Walker got that self-pass off to Dorian Finney-Smith, and I believe that led to the Mikkel Bridges layup right over Kyle Lowry at the end that pretty much put the game away. And, of course, Tyler Hero made some big shots at the end to try and... Uh, keep the game alive. But let's just go through the fourth quarter at the end and see what went down because a lot of crazy shit went down there. So entering the fourth quarter, once again, it was 83-75 Miami. The Nets kept coming back, coming back. And I want to see who made the big shot to make this a close game. So Armani Brooks made the three-pointer off the Ben Simmons assist with 11.30 to go, made it a five-point game. And then Armani Brooks again made another three-pointer to make it a five-point game. And then Trenton Trenton Watford had the big layup. I think that was the one where he just... I think he took Duncan Robinson, I think, off the dribble and put it in. And he was just pointing to uh, to Duncan Robinson like, yeah, okay, you're not guarding me, buddy. So um, nice to see the confidence there from these bench guys. And, you know, it's it's kind of crazy how they're performing this well. Like... I personally, I don't know if I expected to win tonight. I figured it'd be a close game. But once I saw they were down by 15-16, I was like, yeah, all right, it's probably not going to happen. I'll just keep the game on anyway. But they found a way to get it done. And Jacques Vaughn came into the season with this, like, mindset of, oh, we're going to just out-hustle teams. We're going to work harder than other teams. And that's how we're going to win. And I'm sitting there like, bro, this this ain't college. You're not going to win like that in the NBA. And so far, I mean, yeah, we're 2-2. Two could very easily be 4-0 unfortunately but you know so far it's working out like the nets have kind of just outplayed teams they've just played with more energy and yeah they make their mistakes obviously sometimes they're not playing too smart there were plenty of mistakes tonight um even mistakes from previous games you know that i'm still thinking of but you know They're really winning these games just based on out-hustling guys and and making big shots, too. Big shots is a big thing. Like I feel like every time they need a big shot, Royce O'Neal is just there. Royce made that one three-pointer. I'm trying to find where the hell this was. But Royce O'Neal made that one three-pointer, I think, to tie the game. Um, No, it was to go up by two. So Royce O'Neal made that uh, one three-pointer from the left wing to go up 92-90. Even um, Dorian Finney-Smith made a big three-pointer from the corner to go up 7 And of course, you know, Miami, they found their way back and they cut the game to four points at one point, but the Nets were able to close this one out with some help from Mikel Bridges going four for four at the line to close the game. Another thing that bothers me about this team in crunch time is that I feel like Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson have such a hard time just getting the ball in these clutch situations. I feel like they just can't get away from their guy. You feel like you have Ben Simmons on top of the key or Royce O'Neill holding the ball, and they're clearly trying to get it to Cam Thomas or Mikel Bridges, and like they just can't break free from their guy. It's very annoying. So, you know, hopefully that gets better, but that's just like the small, minuscule things that I'm not too, too worried about. I still am worried about this team closing games. This was tough. I felt like, because in the past, it was so easy to just have Kyrie just dribble around people and get to the line, but... You know, this team was very close to having an eight-second violation against them. They had to call a timeout to avoid that. So, you know, having that clutch ball handler situation, like that type of stuff kind of gets me a little worried about this team. But still, I mean, hopefully it doesn't come back to bite them in the end. I'm sure there will be a game or two this year where that happens. But we'll see when we get there. But anyway got to go through specific guys in this game and we'll start from the top Dorian Finney-Smith 30 minutes 6 of 10 3 of 5 from 3 he was somehow a minus 20 which doesn't make sense how the hell was DFS a minus 20 I felt like he was so good tonight and speaking of so good tonight the Nets bench was so good tonight I want to see how many bench points we had and keep in mind this isn't just bench points. This is like bottom of the bench points. Like these were, we're missing three starters once again, um, you know, two or three, whatever you want to call it. Is Dinwiddie a starter? I mean, technically, Dinwiddie started on opening night. So I guess technically he's a starter. But I'm trying to see where the hell are the bench points. Apparently, the Nets bench had 51 tonight. That's from Billy Reinhardt on X, Twitter X, whatever you want to call it. They outscored Miami's bench 51-26. I believe it. That makes sense. But anyway, yeah, it was very evident that the Nets bench just had... Just a crazy amount of energy and impact on this game. Even Jalen Wilson got in there for six minutes. Didn't really do anything. He was a minus four and missed his only shot attempt, but still. Um, Dayron played a bit. He was a plus 15, so I'll take that. Seven rebounds in 13 minutes. Not bad. Anyway, getting distracted. Dorian Finney Smith, nice game. Even though the plus minus was shit, I feel like he had a good game overall. Uh, Royce O'Neal he was a minus three but he was two of six two of five from three seven rebounds he had five assists two steals one block I feel like Royce was good tonight I feel like Royce will make a play play player two every game that pisses me off but I feel feel like tonight he was pretty solid I can't complain about Royce O'Neal he made the big shot once again and it seems like in every situation where the Nets need a big three he's just there so he plays a lot in crunch time and obviously, Jacques Vaughn loves him and trust him, and he'll be out there, so like to see him make some big shots, um, Mikel Bridges was 7 of 16, 2 of 7, he had 7 rebounds, 5 assists, which was the same line as, uh, as Royce O'Neal with the, uh, rebounds and assists, he did have one steal, did have two turnovers, I think one, of, yeah, one of his turnovers was just dumb, trying to split the defense in the first quarter, maybe early second quarter, and it led to, like, a heat-fast break for an easy layup or a dunk, but... You know, based on the foul shots, he was 5 of 5 at the line. Mikel had some big free throws. He had that really nice and one put back in the fourth quarter. It kind of reminded me of that Celtics play in the playoffs, the game six, Derek White, where he came out of nowhere and, of course, sent the uh, series to game seven. It was like similar situation, not similar situation, but like same basket, same side of the floor. And I feel like Mikel Bridges just came out of nowhere, had the put back and one, so that was big for momentum. Um, Ben Simmons played 34 minutes and he played, you know, late in the fourth quarter played to close the, uh, close out the game, which I feel like we don't see every game. I feel like Ben Simmons has been on the bench for some of these late game situations, which, you know, he has a limited offensive game. So it makes sense only four points tonight, but I think he was really effective. He had 11 rebounds, five assists, did have four turnovers, but you had to watch the game to realize what Ben Simmons was doing. And his defense, especially in the final like five minutes, was so damn good. Like giving just Bam at a bio trouble, um, giving some ball handlers trouble, getting some tough rebounds. Like he was good at that stuff. So I, I feel like without Ben tonight, they probably don't win. So yeah, maybe it wasn't the best offensive output from Simmons and he did miss a layup or a putback that he definitely should have made, and he tried to do an alley-oop all-in-one motion, and he bricked the hell out of it, so he probably should have just came down with it and, you know, gathered himself and hopefully dunked it. So those parts of his game suck tonight, but I feel like defensive impact and overall impact and pushing the tempo and all that stuff, he was good at. So I feel like Ben was a positive tonight. He did miss his only two foul shots, but I do like to see him get to the line. Cam Thomas, by far, and I mean by far, had his worst game of the year. Did play 34 minutes. I like to see that. Of course, with Dinwiddie out, he's going to play more minutes. But he was 4 of 19, 2 of 7 from 3. He had did have 3 steals. That's nice. But did have 4 turnovers. Um, just a tough time getting to his spots in this game. I feel like the Heat definitely had an emphasis on trying to not let him take over the game. And that's good by them because Cam Thomas has taken over pretty much every game so far this year. So they had a game plan of don't let Cam Thomas beat us. And when he got his matchups, he exploited them. He, you know, took on Tyler Hero. He took on Duncan Robinson. But when he was in those situations with like Bam Adebayo or better defenders, I feel like they made it tough for for Cam Thomas to get to his spots. So it's a learning experience. I'm not concerned about it, but definitely cam's worst game this year but the fact that they won with cam playing like this feels good because when the nets were down by 15 or so and cam thomas was having a bad game i'm saying to myself man cam thomas has to put up like 30 a night for this team to even win so to see cam have a 13 point game and they still win that makes me feel better because i really didn't think like oh my god cam thomas has to like will this team to victory every freaking game but to see him not play that well overall and still, you know, the Nets win this game, it's it's great to see. So, And I think Cam, like, he wasn't horrible. He was moving the ball pretty well. I want to see how many assists. He did have one assist only. But I feel like he was moving the ball well, um, setting up for others. He played solid defense. It wasn't fantastic, but solid defense. So, yeah, I mean, like, the shot wasn't falling, but I can't complain. Trendon Watford, 14 minutes. And we, we figured out before the game, that he was going to play. I, I think some beat reporters were saying that he was going to get minutes tonight. He made a big three in the corner in the fourth quarter. Stared down the crowd. He has like this type of like, you know, cocky vibe to him. I like it. He has a lot of confidence. So I, I like the Trenton uh, Trenton Watford Nets debut for sure. He was four of six. He had th- uh, four rebounds, four assists, one steal. Did have one turnover. He was a plus 19, which was not the best on the team, but very good. That that was second best on the team. So he looks great. I mean, just a guy who we know has a pretty good floater, can take it to the rim. A decent jump shot. You know, he can knock down a corner three if you need him to, which is the shot he made from the left corner. So we'll see what kind of minutes he gets going forward. And I do think with some of the injuries we have, and I don't think Cam Thomas is back anytime soon. It seems like Claxton's not back this weekend. We'll see, hopefully. But um, Dinwiddie seems more day-to-day, so maybe he's back. But, you know, they might need Trenton Watford for the Bulls and Celtics games coming up. Jalen Wilson, not much to say there. Dayron Sharp, as I talked about before, had some impressive rebounds. He had seven rebounds. He had one steal. He was a plus 15. So, like, not the biggest game from Dayron Sharp. But I feel like for the 13 minutes he played... He was pretty useful. It definitely wasn't like a negative. There was one play where he just couldn't grab the ball and it was pissing me off, but he finally got it because it was like, you know, getting to like that, um, you know, late stage of the fourth quarter. And I'm like, grab the ball, please grab the ball. So he finally did. So yeah, not a bad performance from De'Aaron Sharp, but you know, you would think with Claxton out, they would play him more minutes, but that's just not how it's been flowing so far. And I feel like Jock Vaughn's done a good job of kind of feeling out the game and knowing who to play um definitely couldn't say that the first couple of games because of cam thomas not coming back early enough but in terms of like dayron sharp's minutes i feel like jock voan's done a good job of that especially since claxton has been out this man armani brooks was probably like low-key the player of the game 16 minutes he was six of seven from the field five of six from three he had two rebounds he had no assists because he does not pass the ball um he was a plus 30 had 17 points now i'll admit i was not too familiar with his game coming into the year when we signed him i watched some highlights for five minutes i'm like all right yeah nice shooter but when i watched him in the preseason I was like, huh, he has a really nice-looking jump shot. Like, you can tell. Some guys just have a smooth-looking jumper. And Armani Brooks just had great lift. I feel like his jump shot in preseason was always going in. And I'm like, eh, this guy might have a role. You know, if injuries happen to the guard position, I can see Armani Brooks having a role. And what do you know? Dinwiddie's out. You bring in Armani Brooks, has, like, this microwave score off the bench. Kind of reminds me of a former Brooks, which was Marshawn Brooks. It's kind of like that in a way. But marshawn could not shoot the three ball like Armani Brooks that's for sure. Armani came in and right away his first possession in the game shot a three from the left wing knocked it down. I think on the second or third possession he was in, so this might have been back to back, I forget. But he took a three from like not the logo per se, but you know like on the right wing they'll have like this the the, uh, the arena name or something. Like, it's pretty far. It's like 30 feet back. I'm going to try and see how far this three-pointer was because uh, ESPN does tell you in the play-by-play. But I do want to see how far this three was because, like, this is, like, once again, his second or third possession of the entire year. And he just comes in all the confidence in the world and just knocks down this crazy long three-pointer. Let's see if I could find it. Here it is. So there was 226 to go in the first quarter. A 31-foot jump shot. 31 feet. That's pretty crazy. How far is a three-point line? Like 23 feet? Okay, yeah, I was pretty, I was kind of right. So 22 feet from the corners and 23 feet 9 inches from anywhere else. So this man pulls up from 8 feet behind the three-point line in one of his first possessions of the regular season and knocks it through. And I'm like, "Oh my god, like that man lacks no confidence." And you can tell that in preseason too. He was not afraid to get shots up, which I like. We need guys that score on this team. So, we'll see what kind of minutes he gets going forward, but if he plays like that, you know, he's undeniable. You you got to play him. If he's making shots at that kind of level, you have to play him. There's no doubt about it. Um, Lonnie Walker played 25 minutes. I continue to be impressed. I mean, there may have been a couple possessions where I didn't like what he was doing, but I think for the most part, Lonnie was pretty effective. Four of nine from the field, one of four from three, went to the line and got 11 free throws, knocked down eight of them. He had four assists. He had three steals. He was a plus 15, had 17 points overall, which was tied for second most with Armani Brooks. So yeah, I was pretty happy with uh, Lonnie Walker. He's been a good signing so far. And I think I saw someone on Twitter, I think it was, um, you know, Brooklyn Nets 85, I think said this, how like Lonnie Walker is so much better than like the Patty Mills types and the Seth Curry types and like, not to throw shade at those guys, but we've watched them the past couple years. And I feel like what Lonnie Walker brings is so much more than what those guys would bring because Seth Curry he was just a catch and shoot guy he would rarely shoot off the dribble sometimes and Patty Mills same thing just catch and shoot guy but they offered like nothing else so to get a guy like Lonnie Walker who has more size and better on defense and is better with the ball in his hands and can be a better playmaker create his own shot and still knock down his shot at a pretty high level to get that on your team is great to have so Lonnie Walker seems like a great signing so far. I'm not sure why he was not signed for more by other NBA teams, but you know, I feel like Sean Marks is always in his bag when the Nets are in these situations where they need to fill out the roster with guys that are just, you know, unproven and, you know, didn't succeed in their first destinations. I feel like Sean Marks is just great at that. And it's funny because the couple off seasons where we needed Marks in the championship window, he was terrible. But any other year, it feels like Sean Marks is just great at finding these guys that are just kind of like, you know, just not heavily pursued by um, by other teams. So great job by Sean Marks this offseason is looking great so far. I believe the Nets broadcast also brought up how the Nets have had four straight games of over 20 fast break points. They had 24 tonight. And that was the most the Nets have had in a row since 2003. They were showing highlights of, like, Jason Kidd and Kerry Kittles and all those guys. So, you know, obviously, like, the motto with this team is to outplay your opponent by hustling more and giving more energy, pushing the ball on offense, and shooting three-pointers. Like, that's what Jock Vaughn's recipe for trying to win is. And and so far, it's it's working. The Nets shot 44 percent from three tonight so it works when you shoot well from three it can work so so far it's working this year free throw wise they shot 73 percent had 26 attempts I mean the heat only had 18 so I'll take that they out rebounded Miami by one and I do believe the Nets have out rebounded uh, their opponent in every game this year which is kind of weird because this is a small team as I mentioned Dayron Sharp who's like the only natural center left on this team with Claxton out he only played 13 minutes, so how they keep out rebounding opponents, I don't know. We'll probably get a slap to the face with that on Saturday when we play Boston because they have a big team with Porzingis and Horford and and Tatum. Even like they have a big team, so we'll see what happens in a game like that. But for now, at least, I mean the Nets are you know out rebounding opponents or keeping it close, and that's all you can ask for. Um, largest lead for Brooklyn was seven. The Heat, of course, were up by 16. The Nets had one technical foul, which I believe was Cam Thomas, who got hit on the wrist, and um, there was no call. Um, Stupid decision by Jock Vaughn to put Ben Simmons back in the game. He he put Ben Simmons in for the last possession of the first quarter, kind of like an offense-defense type thing. I think he replaced Cam Thomas, and Ben Simmons already had two fouls, and of course Ben Simmons inexplicably picks up his third foul in the first quarter, so... You know, if you're Jock Vaughn, you kind of have to protect the player from himself there. Like, there's no point in putting Ben Simmons in that situation. Ben had five fouls from like since early in the fourth quarter, and he didn't pick up his last foul, which was nice to see. Him and Bam kind of got into it, and Bam almost got a foul on him at the end. So, luckily, it wasn't called. But Ben Simmons was very close to fouling out a couple times in this game, but luckily kept his cool, and, you know, he was able to finish out the game. So,. Yeah, I mean, look, it's been impressive so far. Like, I, you know, I I think maybe seeing the schedule, it's like, yeah, I could have seen the Nets starting 2-2, and but the way they have done it is pretty crazy, and as I said, they, they should have won the first two games. It's unfortunate they didn't, but, you know, going forward, I have a bit more confidence in this team. Now, unfortunately, the schedule gets very tough going forward, um... They're going to get Chicago on Friday. I think Chicago, I mean, they're kind of a sus team right now. They're also 2-2, but they, of course, had, like, the the players only meeting after the first game. And, you know, they're just kind of a weird team. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, But at Chicago Friday, I would love to win that game because, as I said, the schedule coming up after that is very tough. So the next four games after Chicago on Friday – you have a second half of a back-to-back against Boston on Saturday. The Nets are home for that game. Home versus Milwaukee on Monday. Home versus the Clippers and James Harden on Wednesday. Then they're at Boston next Friday. So four games of twice Boston, one Milwaukee, and one Clippers. That has like 0-4 written all over it. So if they can just get this game at Chicago, get to 3-2, and two, and then maybe go 1 and 3 in that four game stretch where like that's just a crazy ass schedule. So if they're able to pick up one game in that four game stretch, they can go 4 and 5. Right? So they could hopefully win on Friday against Chicago, pick up one of those games, get the four wins and have five losses, then the schedule kind of lightens up a bit. So, you know, it's not the not the best attitude to have, but I mean, Boston has looked Pretty freaking unbeatable so far. They scored 155 tonight against, I know it's the Pacers, but still, the score 155 is freaking crazy. Um, the Bucks, I think, had a rough night tonight, so I don't know what they are, but they're still trying to get their things together. Chris Middleton has kind of not played a lot this year. It's weird. but And the Clippers, a lot of newness there, so maybe we catch them off guard. I don't know. Maybe it's not as tough as I'm making it out to be, but the Nets will definitely be underdogs in all these games so we'll see what happens, but yeah, definitely want to win on Friday, I'd feel much better about that, and I think Friday's one of those, like, in-season tournament games, which I have no idea what the hell it even means, honestly, I was not a proponent of the in-season tournament, I can give two shits about the in-season tournament, it just feels like a, you know, a money grab by the NBA, like, I don't need it personally, I don't, like, you know, the players win money if you win it, okay, but it just feels like another stupid excuse for the NBA to make more money, which I get. Hey, listen, get your money, but it's just not necessary. So I like even if the Nets won it, I probably wouldn't even care. It just seems stupid to me. So anyway, um, yeah, so maybe that game means a bit more on Friday, whatever. <laughs> so, um, But yeah, great win tonight. I was happy to see that. Pretty unexpected, but now we're back to 500. Would love to get the 3-2 and two on Friday. We'll see what happens there. Maybe I'll talk to you guys after uh, the Boston game Saturday or something like that. We'll see what happens. But anyway, hope you guys enjoyed, and I'll talk to you guys next time.